Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to hand him over. So, during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from the supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will understand later. And Peter said to him, You'll never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he had said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so. For indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you. 
Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said, You will never be happy if your happiness depends on getting what you want. Change your focus. Get a new center. Will what God wills and your joy no man shall take from you. Tonight, as we celebrate the Mass of the Lord's Supper, our mind and hearts are drawn to those last intimate hours that our Lord spent with his disciples and the two incredible gifts that he left them. As Father Gabriel, a Carmelite, writes, he wished to give them the greatest proof of his love. Those were the hours of sweet intimacy, but also of most painful anguish. Judas had already set the price of the infamous sale. Peter was about to deny his master. All of them within a short time would abandon him. The institution of the Eucharist appeared then as the answer of Jesus to the treachery of men. As the greatest gift of his infinite love in return for the darkest ingratitude. The merciful God would pursue his rebellious creatures not with threats but with the most delicate devices of his immense charity. Jesus had already done and suffered so much for sinful man, but now, at the moment when human malice is about to sound the lowest depths of the abyss, he exhausts the resources of his love and offers himself to man not only as the Redeemer who will die for him on the cross, but also as the food which will nourish him. He will feed man with his own flesh and blood. Moreover, death might claim him in a few hours, but the Eucharist, the Eucharist will perpetuate his real living presence until... The end of time. St. Catherine of Siena exclaims, O you who are mad about your creature, true God and true man, you have left yourself holy for us as food so that we will not fall through weariness during our pilgrimage in this life, but will be fortified by you. Celestial nourishment. Despite the great suffering God endured, he would be justified in returning to his throne after rescuing man and saying, like on the seventh day, my work is done. It's time for me to rest. But lest our gratitude stop there, thinking in our pride that 
maybe we've stumbled somehow upon the outer edges of his bountiful love. Ponder now the second gift of this night. The gift of the priesthood. Jesus, having obediently restored man to his original innocence and taking humanity with his divinity to the right hand of God, he then invites man, unworthy as he is, to share in his works of redemption and bestows upon him the power of his priestly office. St. John Vianney can give us a good shock that we need to appreciate this profound gift and rightly cause us priests to tremble a bit more in serving at his altar. The cure writes, What is a priest? When the priest remits sins, he does not say, God pardons you. He says, I absolve you. At the consecration, he does not say, this is the body of our Lord. He says, this is my body. If we had not the sacrament of holy orders, we should not have our Lord. Who placed him here in the tabernacle? It is his priest. Who was it that received your soul on its entrance into life? His priest. Who nourishes it and gives it strength to make its pilgrimage? His priest. Who will prepare it to appear before God by washing that soul for the last time in the blood of Jesus Christ? His priest. Always his priest. And if that soul comes to the point of death, who will raise it up? Who will restore it to the calmness and peace? Again, his priest. You and I cannot recall one single blessing from God without finding side by side with this recollection the image of his priest. Go to confession to the Blessed Mother or to an angel. Will they absolve you? No. Will they give you the body and blood of our Lord? No. The Holy Virgin, who I owe my vocation to, cannot make her divine son descend into the host. You might have 200 angels there, but they will not absolve you of your sins. A priest, however simple he may be, can do it. He can say to you, go in peace, I pardon you. As St. John Vianney writes, Oh, how great is his priest. 
And the priest will not understand the greatness of his office till he is in heaven, should he merit it. For if he understood it on earth, he would die not of fear, but of love. The other benefits of God would be of no avail to us without his priests. For what would be the use of a house full of gold if you had nobody to open the door? The priest has the key to the heavenly treasures, for it is his priest who opens the door, who is the steward of the good God and the distributor of his wealth. But remember, the priest is not a priest for himself. He does not give himself absolution. He does not administer the sacraments to himself. He is not for himself. He is for you. A servant who imperfect in love, but imitating our Lord, stoops to wash your feet. Laying his life down, silently witnessing that the world needs the ongoing sacrifice of ordinary men. St. John Vianney said that to leave a parish 20 years without a priest, they will revert to worshiping beasts. When people wish to destroy, destroy religion, they begin by attacking the priest. Because where there is no longer any priest, there is no sacrifice. And where there is no longer any sacrifice, there is no religion. Just as during the Last Supper, despite all their shortcomings, our Lord sent his disciples out of love as he loved. Today, the Lord still calls and sends his sons through his bride, the church. Despite one's weaknesses, betrayals, denials, or frequent abandonments, Mother Church still calls and sends her sons to perpetuate his sacrifice at the celebration of the Eucharist and through holy orders. As this liturgy continues, let us be of one mind and heart, ready to change our focus, to will what God wills, and to discover a new joy in the gifts that God has left us, a joy in the midst of trials which no man shall take from you. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come tonight rejoicing in the redemptive love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy for the Church throughout the world. She will always be a courageous servant of the people of God, especially the Church suffering and the Church in our own country. We pray to the Lord. For our nation and all nations of the world, that they may come to know Jesus Christ and his Church. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, 
those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that they are united to Christ in his suffering for the redemption of the world. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, An increase in vocations to priesthood of the consecrated life, those young men and women will be visible signs of God's love for humanity in a unique way, especially for an increase in vocations to the priesthood, especially from our own diocese. For greater reverence, the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord For our administrator, our future bishop, priests, deacons, seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, they may in a very real way enter into the mystery of their priesthood and be visible signs of that love, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will internalize the Eucharist that we receive the visible signs of that love and of that body and blood, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Almighty Father, hear the prayers of your people and grant to us those things that will strengthen us to follow your Son in his suffering and death and bring us finally to the perfect joy of the resurrection and the freedom of your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. 